Hey, what's up? This is your boy, Asiago, on 3AM Thoughts. It is actually 3AM this time as I record this. Now, that means, you know, because these podcasts last about, you know, typically an hour, that uh, that it's probably going to be around, be around 4AM by the time I actually post this. So, uh, so there's that. Alright, so, uh, well, starting off, right before this podcast, I actually kind of went through uh, like a mini writer's block you see like i couldn't think of anything to talk about and that's the thing because that's really weird for me because usually i will have like like literal thoughts you know in the you know freaking late hours of the night and i would have like you know and, and, and then you know those thoughts become other thoughts and become other thoughts you know you got like you know that's the way i run this podcast you know i talk about one i talk about one thing and then you know i ramble on and it branches off into something else, and that's where my topics come from. Just me, you know, d- going through the tunnels of, of my mind. Just, you know, just g- g- going in the rabbit hole, as they say. But for some reason, though, like, I, like well, actually, well, the thing was that this time I was actually purposely trying to find a, a topic for my, uh, you know, for my doohickey today, and it, you know, it... I, I had I had trouble with it, you know, because I was actually trying to think it out. When usually, you know, I, I I'm just you know laid back, you know, I just kind of, you know, just kind of think. Nah, nothing. Now I don't really think about it. I just kind of do it, you know, because I mean? that's my thing, you know. I just I just do it. I mean, people tell me you know to think about it. No, I, I just do it. Now sometimes I'll think about it, but that's not really me. All right, let's see. So well, actually, I don't want to turn the PlayStation on. I got a. Uh, I got other things to do. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna sit back down. I'm gonna turn on the Minecraft. I do not have Minecraft for the PS4. As a matter of fact, I have Minecraft for the the Switch. The reason why is well, this basically the same reason why I have any game on the Switch because you know it's portable. Uh, like if there's a port exists, if a port of a game exists, you know that. I mean, I, if it exists for both PlayStation and Switch, chances are I'm going to get the Switch version. Like uh, like the new My Hero game. Like, I really wanted to get that for uh, for my PlayStation so I can cross-play with, peop- with, uh, with some of my friends. But the thing was, was that I also wanted to be able to play this, you know, sucker at work. And I wanted to be able to bring the game if I ever went to a social function, if those ever return. Uh, where, you know, I could play with other people and all I need to do is just bring the console with me. And you know, on the Switch, you know, the, the entire gimmick is, you know, being able to, yeah, being able to be, you know, bribed where. Okay, so right here, turning on the Minecraft. No, I do not want to open chat. Here we go. Back to building my grand creation. Alright, so, uh, tonight I want to start off things with, uh, well, I want to speak about video games here, uh, because right before starting this podcast, I was just searching the, you know, the interwebs, and on Google, one of the suggested uh, stories for me was uh, was this article. I hadn't actually read it yet, but I just read the title. It said, "I said, you know, with the PS5 and the and the new and Xbox Scarlet, you know, coming up, uh, you know, the, the Nintendo Switch, you know, they should either, uh, you know, they, they they should upgrade or you know be choked." And lost in the in the dust of these new big consoles. Now here's the thing, you know it's uh yeah you know I really more so disagree than agree. And remember, you know, and remember on these podcasts, you know it. I mean this is more of a you know this is more of something from a, you know my opinion, my mind. It's not, I mean don't take my freaking words as gospel or whatever. 
Uh, unless I'm actually talking about myself, but and, and things like these, you know, I'm just speaking from my mind, you know, theorizing from my own, uh, you know, from my own eyes. So, uh, you know, just take it with a grain of salt, you know, and, and don't take it to heart either. So, uh, so the thing is, is that when you when you see uh, you know, the current gaming industry, and we're talking consoles here, not really PC or. God forbid the damn stadia or anything like that. Uh, you know, let's yeah, let's talk about the stuff that people really uh, you know consider, which that would be, uh, you know, the, the the console wars. You know, you know the modern console wars. You got the you got, you know you got the Xbox, you got the PlayStation, and then then you got the Nintendo. Uh, so from what I'm seeing, the gaming industry is I mean it's still a war, all right, but these days it's more of a war between PlayStation and, and Xbox. You know, because, you know, back in the 90s, you know, it, it was all about, you know, Nintendo versus Sega. You know, the two big dogs. I mean, sure, Atari was still around. Uh, you know, uh, and seeing, I'm pretty sure other uh, other companies were around, too. Oh, shoot, like, you know, the Wonders one and all that, you know, crap. But the thing was, was that, uh, oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I even just thought of this. Not the, ne the Neo Geo, that was definitely a thing back then. Or the Commodore, or the Turbo Graphics. You know, all these other consoles existed. But the ones that people really talked about, and the ones that people really, uh, you know, wanted, wanted to actually saw competition between, was the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, and even the NES in some cases. But it's just this ain't the 1990s no more. And definitely, when it comes to gaming consoles, there is a lot less of them. I mean, shoot, like, and people like you know, even the micro consoles are either made by you know. Nintendo or some retro company like you know, again Sega, although they're not entirely retro. They they still make games. They just don't make consoles no more. But that's not the point. Anyways, so you know we're we're talking consoles here, and so Nintendo it might be part of the big three, but I don't see them as actually you know competing with the uh, you know with with Sony or Microsoft in the same way that they did with uh, with Sega back in the day. As a matter of fact. It's more like they're on their own uh, terms, you know. It's like they are competing with them, but then at the same time they're not really competing with them. You know, it's that yes, but actually no kind of situation. Because yes, Nintendo also sells video games. They also sell video game consoles. You know, they also make games and and they, and they sell them. But the thing is though, it's like they're. I'm not gonna say not exactly on the same level as Sony and Microsoft, although that's kind of that's kind of, that's actually kind of it. But more so that they're playing from um, they're playing a different game here. No pun intended. They're playing a different game here because you see, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox. You know, it's like the console war we had back with uh, you know the, the Sega and the Nintendo. That's how, you know, things are now with Microsoft and Sony, you know, with the whole PlayStation and Xbox thing. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. And Nintendo doesn't really, you know, they don't compete the same way, you know, as those other two do. I mean, shoot, like, I think really, truly the last time Nintendo actually really competed against the, uh, the rivaling company, yeah, the rivaling uh, companies, uh, the, the way they used to was back with the GameCube. Because if you look, the GameCube was truly like the last console they made, which which actually you know competed with the uh, you know with power, uh, you know going straight from the Nintendo 64, they jumped to 128 bits with the GameCube, and the rivals at the time were the PS2 jumping from 32 bits to 128 bits. You had the Xbox, which you know there was it was a brand new thing at the time, and then you had the Sega Dreamcast, which was Sega's last attempt at the. Uh, 
the video game console business. Now you you, you keep on going, you know, you keep on going, and you realize that you know Sega fell off, and my and, and Xbox pretty much uh, you know took. Sega spot and PlayStation still stands, but if you notice in the next generation of consoles with the Wii, the PS3, and the Xbox 360, uh, you realize that the PS3 and the Xbox 360 they they, they both you know up upgraded their specs. You know I think they're still both 128 bit, but they're you know it, it was enhanced. You know, the power there was more power behind there. There was a uh, you know enhanced the uh, you know functionalities with with, with certain things. Uh, like, I'm not too much of a technical guy, I can't really speak, you know, computer like, uh, like my fellow friends can, but, uh, but I mean, you, I mean, just look, look at the graphics between, you know, the PS2, PS3, the Xbox, the Xbox 360, and you really know what I'm talking about. And then you have the Wii. You know, as a successor to the GameCube, if Nintendo was truly competing with the other two the same way as they have in the past, you, you, you would think, you know, hey, you know, freaking... Uh, the, the Wii wouldn't wouldn't have been the Wii. You know, the Wii would have been another standard, uh, you know, sit at home video game console with a, you know, with a very standard controller. Uh, probably was still been 128 bits, but it would have been HD. Would have been enhanced and all that. It would have been pretty pretty much like a Nintendo PlayStation or a Nintendo Xbox. But Nintendo decided to take a different route with the uh, with the Wii. You know, they they went. Let's see, well, first and foremost, they changed up with their audience. You know their their audience. Uh, you know, ah, oh, sorry about that. Their you know their their audience is not exactly you know the it crowd anymore. Uh, they 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 changed their stance. They want they wanted to be uh, you know more towards you know the uh, the family genre, which you know which you know which you know it's a, it's a good it's a good you know change of pace, and it really does separate them from uh, you know from from what the other two were, which the other two really were more geared towards uh, you know more. Hard, hardcore gamers, more core gamers, and and just you know, gamers and gamers in general. But I mean, with the Nintendo Wii, Nintendo changed their whole stance on everything. You know, they they, they wanted to include everybody, not just gamers. You know, they wanted to appeal to pretty much everyone, and, and that's exactly what the Wii did. I mean, being the like one of the best-selling consoles of all time, I think it was also Nintendo's best-selling uh, console of all time. Aside of that or the NES, I can't really remember. But, I mean, regardless, it's still one of their best-selling consoles. And that's because, you know, it appealed to, you know, everybody. You know, there was always, there was something on the Wii that, you know, somebody, even whether they're a gamer or not, wanted. Whether it was Smash Bros, uh, whether it was Mario Galaxy, whether it was Wii Sports, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, something appealed to everyone. I mean, hell, I like... I, I I bet you freaking your uh, your uncle or somebody someone like that he still has like a you know bought a Wii back in like 2009 or something like that you know bought it once you know for a you know for a party you know or family reunion or something like that and he doesn't play it at all and it's just sitting in his freaking uh, hallway closet you know and he's been sitting in there for the past decade you know so you know, I mean I mean shoot like I mean my point is point being that you know with the Wii, you know, it, it sold really well because it appealed to everyone, and especially when it came to the whole party scene, the whole social gathering scene, back when that was a thing, uh, you, you, you know, that's, that's, that's how it was, they changed gears, they changed their focus, and, you know, people, people really, uh, you know, re reacted to it, and, and so, so therefore, starting with the Wii, they changed their entire, uh, you know, 
place in the industry. They weren't up there, you know, really fighting it out, you know, with uh, with Sony and Microsoft. Rather, I mean, they might have been still on the same playing field. They might have still been, you know, in the same market, you know, trying to, you know, sell games along, you know, alongside, well, not alongside, I, you know, uh, you know, alongside the, uh, you know, the other two companies. But, you know, they weren't really on the same page for, for say like I, 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 I don't know like right right now I'm trying to I'm trying to put it in words but I mean you guys should know what I mean though or at least I hope you guys know uh, let's see so let's go on uh, there is the Wii U uh, to, released in 2012 a successor to the Wii now uh, now definitely with the Wii U you know it was a it was a commercial flop not saying it was a bad console not saying that the games on it were bad, that's far from the truth. The thing was, was that the Wii U, if, uh, if Nintendo was truly competing against, uh, you know, PlayStation and, and uh, Xbox, uh, the same way they did with uh, Sega back in the past, then the Wii U, yeah, they would have came out with a Wii U, you know, it's, instead of the Wii back in 06. I mean, the controller would have definitely been, would have definitely looked different. It, they would, like, it would probably just be the, uh, the pro controller for the, you know, for the Wii U, you know, that, that, that would be the standard controller. But, I mean, but that's the thing, though. Uh, like, if, if they were truly competing in, in that way, then they would have never, they would have never came out with the Wii, and they would have, you know, stuck, you know, they would have made, the, you know, the Wii into the Wii U, or at least to what the Wii U was. Uh, you know, an eight, you know, the first HD console, uh, you know, ca- you know, capable of, you know, capable of displaying, you know, enhanced 128-bit graphics, and they definitely, they probably, because it would be 2006, they definitely would not have implemented the touchscreen controls, but they, still, so you still would have definitely seen some dope games on there, though. Uh, let's see. So, but, the thing was, was that when the Wii U came out, uh... It, it, it came out of a really weird time because essentially, you know, costing at 400 bucks, you know, and, and at the time when it came out, you're like, and this is 2012, like literally the Xbox One and the PS4 were literally going to release the, you know, the, the following two years. So like releasing that kind of console, you know, that late, you know, it's, it, it's like if, uh, it, it's as if, you know, Nintendo were to release the Super Nintendo back in 2003, you know, the, sure, you know, it's a good console with good games, but, I mean, really outdated compared to the rest of the competitors, uh, you know, and, and, and being, being outdated doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna flop, what really makes you flop is how, you know, you market, how you market it, how you treat it, and with the way uh, Nintendo marketed the Wii U, you know, they, they didn't know exactly know how to. Uh, at least seemingly that's how it was because here's the thing you know with with the Wii it was straightforward you know they wanted to make some for everybody and, and you know and, and evidently that's how it was but for the Wii U though like just being fresh from the uh, you know from the Wii days from the Wii era you know now that Nintendo was known for being you know this not 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 only this family-friendly company but this company of which that made games that appeal to everyone it, it it was it was kind of a it was just really out of left field of what they tried to do with the Wii U, which, I mean I think with the Wii U, they actually not only tried to uh, you know piggyback off of the Wii success, but they also tried you know again they they tried too hard to appeal to everybody because you know if if you've seen for those cringy commercials, 
they were really like on one face you know they they would try to appeal to you know to the little kids you know to little kid people not kid people like to like to little kids and families saying that oh well um uh, you know Wii U is fun for the whole family you can play all these fun games like Mario and Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers and Legend of Zelda you know all, and all that stuff they would even use the freaking Disney Channel uh, a- actors and actresses you know they f- to try to further that you know aesthetic that environment of being you know being being all about you know the family uh you know being being all about for the young people but then like and, and this will be more for you know the Wii's earlier days but uh you know you you would have you know the Wii uh, the Wii U uh, advertising stuff like Zombie U and uh, you know, Mass Effect 3 and Assassin's Creed 3 and stuff you know it's you know and those are more mature games you know those, those are more the games that people people enjoy back on the PS3 and the Xbox 360 you know so they're really trying to appeal to that crowd too now that they have the HD uh, capabilities that the other two consoles had you know already but I mean that didn't do well because first of all that was a pretty big mistake because I mean th- those those games when the Wii U came out they're already you know they have already been out you know for the previous uh, you know consoles and you know and, and again this console was four hundred dollars and it was essentially the same thing that you know any ps3 or xbox 360 owner already had uh except they had the capability to play mario and with you know more powerful consoles you know co- coming out you know like literally in the coming years it, it just it, it was really pointless and again the whole marketing thing people had no idea you know who the hell that this console was marketed to was it marketed to hardcore gamers or was it marketed to you know to more family oriented people like because 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 here's the thing like because because uh, uh, <clears throat> here, here's the thing you know uh, and, and, and the whole naming of the console too wii u i mean they could have just called it wii 2 but they wanted to you know be they, they wanted to sound all unique and stuff by calling it U. Like if they would if they would have changed that U to a two, people would have realized that it was a different console. Like there are so many people, especially a whole lot of normies, that played the Wii, and when they hear the words Wii U, they think it's just like some kind of an add-on. Hell, whenever I first gazed upon uh, the first like teaser of the Wii U, uh, shoot, I, I think it was back in like 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. It was on Nintendo's website, and I saw this uh, this weird tablet thing. You know that said Wii U on it. You know, I had the circle pads on it. It had, you know, the screen, and I saw the word Wii. I had no idea what the U meant, but I was like, oh my god, wow, they're making a portable Wii. Oh shoot, this is cool. But the thing was, was that you know, it it, it didn't. It, it turned out to not be, you know, an atom for the Wii or a portable Wii. Rather, it, it was, you know, it, it was a brand new console. Except, you know, by looking at it, and by looking at the name. You, if you're a freaking normie, unless you're actively following the uh, the video game community at the time, you really wouldn't have known that. Like, a- like any, like let's say you know that your normie uncle, you know, that bought a Wii back in 2009 for that one family reunion, and he never played again. Uh, you know that same console that's that's you know that remains in his freaking hallway closet. If he were to see it, he would be like, oh, it, it's the they're making something new for that console I I have that I played with my uh, my uh, you know my cousins one time. Oh, well that's uh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's a uh, pretty nice indeed. He would have no idea there was a new console. Although I mean to be to be frank, you know, uh, like a, a lot of the people that the Wii appealed to probably you know 
wouldn't really care about a new console. They would just probably care about the fact that the Wii exists and they can play a dance, uh, freaking just dance on it, uh, whenever the family comes over or whatever. But that's besides the point. The marketing, you know, the the, the marketing for the Wii U was, was was terrible. I mean, I mean, when Nintendo was, you know, with the, with with the Wii, they became known as as these, you know, like. Uh, you know these, these certain type of people a certain kind of people, but then when they also try to like Be that have their cake and eat it too by also trying to be a hardcore uh, machine it, It's you know, it, it, it doesn't really work very well, especially whenever you deal with the fact that Here's the thing, you know Nintendo is great and Nintendo consoles. They're they're great, too but the thing is is that like like let, let's say we're back in the Wii U era. You know, if I let, let's say you know I I had you know all three consoles: the Wii U, the uh, the Xbox 360, and the PS4. Now, if I wanted to play you know Super Mario 3D World or Super Mario Maker or Super Smash Brothers, you know I I would I would get the Wii. I would play them on my Wii U because I mean those I mean that's why I have the console you know to play them on. But if I wanted to play more mature content like Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty or any of those other kind of games. I, I would really, I, I would, you know, play them on my Xbox or my PlayStation because that's exactly why I got those consoles for, to play those kind of games. You know, if I wanted to play something more power intensive, hey, I got an Xbox. If I wanted to play, if I wanted to play a different kind of exclusive, you know, with a bigger story, with more mature content, that's what I got a PlayStation for. You know, it's, and, and that's the thing about gamers, you know, like, and, 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 I th and this is kind of a weird and not, and uh, not a very good way of thinking when it when it comes to marketing, uh, you know, video games. Don't just uh, don't assume that that your uh, that your audience is only gonna have a Nintendo console. Don't just assume that. Cause here's the thing. <coughs> oh God, I don't have Corona. I swear. So, but but here's the thing though. I mean, when you're trying to appeal to gamers, don't just assume that they're only gonna have your console. I mean, sure, you're competing. You're technically competing against the other two and trying to, you know, trying to get people to buy your console instead of, you know, the Xbox or PlayStation. But the thing is, is that the thing is, is that, you know, if, you know, if I wanted to play Mario, you know, I get the Nintendo console. If I want to play, you know, anything else, more, again, more mature, more power, more power hungry games, you know, I, I got a con, I got a different console, preferably one of the other two to play it on. And, and shoot, and, and, and that's a, and, and that's just the harsh reality that Nintendo really had to deal with, you know, back back in the Wii U era, and with the, you know, with the whole Nintendo Switch, uh, you know, era, you know, coming into play like uh, three years ago, it they really changed things up again, but for the better. Like the Switch is what the is what definitely what should have been the the true successor to the Wii. And it's what the it's what the Wii U wished it could be, because you see the way they market it. I mean, they they go back to you know, there's somebody there's something for everyone strategy, but except you know that it's uh, it's more how do I say this? It's more uh, composed. You know, it's 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 more concentrated. It's it, it's it's not as broad. You know, so I mean, they're not expecting yeah, you're you're uh, you know, you're freaking uncle who bought that Wii back in 2009, you know, to be really any, you know, really, really be interested in it, but they're really appealing more to just like, you know, not the, not so much the everyman, but, you know, to, you know, the gamers and, 
it's really just you know there's really all like all kinds of gamers you know there are you know instead of just trying to appeal to normies or gamers and normies they they try to appeal to all kinds of gamers and so shoot you have all these different ports from consoles of the past on on the switch now here's the thing that didn't that exactly didn't work on the Wii U, like, I mean, why, why the hell would I spend $400 on a Wii U just to play uh, Assassin's Creed 3 when well, I have a PS3 and I can play, you know, that same game on it, you know, for only 60 bucks when I go buy it at the store. Now, I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but then here I am, you know, playing Assassin's Creed 3 on my Switch. You know, so what's the deal there? Why, how does that do better than the, with the whole Wii U? Well, the thing is, is that first of all, the uh, for, for, first of all, and here's the, the it's the biggest elephant in the room. Uh, uh, sure, you're buying Assassin's Creed 3 again, but you're getting the chance to play it portably, and that's the whole thing of the Switch, it's the whole gimmick. And, and, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's the thing, you know, Nintendo consoles from the Wii onward. They, they, they always had some kind of a gimmick. Even the portables. Like, shoot, like the 3DS, the whole gimmick was 3D. It wasn't required, but, I mean, shoot, I mean, it was it was a gimmick that, you know, drew people in. The Wii, the whole gimmick was motion control. Of course, you know, not every game on the Wii required full-on, uh, you know, motion controls. Like, you know, you, you don't need to freaking make the swimming motions in Zelda or anything like that. Uh, and, and the gimmick with the whole Wii U was the freaking gamepad I, I mean literally like the gamepad alone was the only reason why i was even interested in the console and it was the only reason why i was so proud of the console and when you look at how the console does, is designed it's a it's boring it's like it, it's boring it's bland but then you have the you have the controller and that really steals the show uh and, and, then, and then you get to you know the switch the gimmick and it's the gimmick that actually works is the fact that it's portable. It's a full-on console, you know, it, it, it's stronger than a Wii U, but yet, you know, it's the size of a, ta it's, the, it's an actually the size of a tablet, and you can take it with you on the go. I mean, if I wanted to, you know, I can take my Switch with me and I can go play, you know, Doom 2016 on my lunch break. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not, it really, I'm not exactly able to do that with the, with the PS4, Xbox One, or to God, not with the freaking uh, Wii U. And so that's the thing, you know, with the Wii U comes, you know, new opportunities. That's why all these older ports of these older games from, you know, the, the last generation of consoles did so well on the Switch because of the fact that not only were they remastered and they got all the DLC and all that, but you're getting, but you're getting the chance to play them portably. And that's precisely why, you know, I, I got them. Hell, that's why I precisely bought uh, Assassin's Creed 3 for the freaking second time. All, let's see, I mean, well, first of all, I... I mean, I would, with uh, you know, I sold my PS3 along all, along with all the games, including Assassin's Creed 3, a long time ago. So, it, it's not like uh, it's not like I had the game to begin with anymore. So, I mean, I, that's why I bought it anyways. But two, again, I'm not only can I play it on my freaking HD TV again, I can also play it, you know, on my lunch break and stuff. Sure, and, 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 and it works and, and that's also the thing with the Wii U you know you can the same console that you can play you know Assassin's Creed 3 on or freaking Dune 2016 but, you, but it still offers you know the same kind of games that people know Nintendo for and now Nintendo can't port every single game that comes on you know the uh, the, the other two like I mean shoot I, I can play Rage 2 on, on my PS4 and on my Xbox One but I can't play it on the Switch I mean, I mean for obvious reasons it's a big game and it's 
very graphically hungry. But at the, but see, but the thing is though, is that the is that the Switch doesn't exactly you know focus on trying to you know appeal to those kind of people because they realize that hey you know uh, you know our gamers they're not like okay like e e even if they're freaking like you know ten year olds you know. Even if they're freaking ten-year-olds, like they're not just gonna have a switch. Chances are, I mean, shoot, not saying that everybody has more than two consoles. It's just that chances are, like, not everyone is gonna just have a, a, a switch, or or they're gonna freaking sell their PlayStation Four switch or whatever. Chances are, their switch is gonna be like their secondary console. And so I'm guessing that's another reason why they made, decided to make the switch, you know, entirely portable. Because the thing was, is that like you know that's the thing with the 3DS. Shoot, like well, well, even if you played, uh, even if you even if you exclusively played like Xbox games, you know chances are those uh, the people who exclusively play Xbox probably also had a DS because that would be their secondary console. That would be the thing that they would play on the go at the time. You know it was either that or a PSP or a PS Vita, and you know and seeing how well that that uh, side of their business did, you know. You know, with the you know with their DS and Game Boy and all that, you know, and shoot, and even outright demolishing Sony in the uh, portable gaming industry, like Nintendo saw, you know, they, they saw they saw fit, you know, to, to make their next console, you know, portable, you know, like a successor to the Wii U, but as well as a successor to the DS. You know, let it be someone's uh, sec secondary console, but have it be powerful enough to where, hey, you know, it could also possibly be your first, but uh, primary console. Hell, like I mean, it was mine for a long time. It actually still kind of is, but uh. But shoot, but like, uh, but still though, like, I mean, ha have it appeal to those who, you know, to th to both those who only who will only have a Switch, and to also those who will have a Switch and you know their competing uh, consoles, and you know, and 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 that, and that leads me to why I think Nintendo doesn't really have to upgrade or really change anything, you know, with the whole rising of the Xbox Scarlet and the PS5. Because Nintendo already knows their place. They're not exactly they're not exactly competing against the big the other big two, uh, you know, like you know like, like they had back in back in the 90s and, and or even back in the early 2000s. Uh, like the the way they're competing now is that they're just doing their own thing. You know, they they know their place. They 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 know how you know they they know how people's you know boats flow. So they're just they're, so they're sticking to it. They're sticking to their guns and you know they're. You know they're 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 not tapping into anything that you know that's beyond their control. They're not, you know they're they're not uh, you know trying to you know fix things that are you know they're trying they're not trying to you know fix things that aren't broken and they're not trying to change things up that really shouldn't be changed. You know they know their audience now and true and they've even tr grew uh, you know another audience you know with the whole you know situation of the switch and it's. It's beautiful. It's a it's a true evolution and uh, and not just the gaming industry, but the portable gaming industry too. Because still, still Nintendo is truly you know the the not only the leader, but possible. I think also like the real the real only uh, you know remnants left of the portable gaming industry. I mean, PlayStation has still yet to release any kind of like successors to the Vita, and I doubt they will, especially with the Switch and Switch Lite being the new thing now. And really, and with the Switch, it, it, it is, it, it is really, you know, raised the bar on how portable games should, should, you know, play like and look like and stuff. So it's, 
it, it's a, it's a really wild thing to think about and and seeing how they've changed the industry so much you know with their tablet sized console i really don't think they have anything to worry about you know with, with the coming uh you know newer consoles for the next generation and as a matter of fact i'm really excited for this next generation of games because i mean it's it's a new decade uh new consoles new possibilities uh <clears throat> Especially with the rise of VR, I would really like to see how PS5 uh, treats VR. I would really like to see, uh, you know, what I mean, what does Xbox, you know, do from this point? Hold on, I'm gonna take a drink of water because my voice is getting dry. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, so, and I'm really excited for what Xbox is gonna be doing specifically. Now, I, I'm not an Xbox gamer, at least not yet. I have, I have never owned an Xbox. Although I actually do plan on buying a, an Xbox from a friend of mine <clears throat> later, but it's a, it's just an Xbox 360 though. It's not really so much else. How the hell did this camel get up this high on my wall? I'm just gonna push you off. Yes. Anyways, I've never been an Xbox uh, player, but thing thing is though, why am I so like hype for uh, you know for what Xbox is gonna do this generation? It's because. That's what I've been seeing. What, what, what you know? What, what they've been doing lately? They've been making their games, you know, more playable. You know, to pretty much different platforms. You know, you, you know, you got your Forza. You, you know, you got you you got your Forza. You got your other you know console exclusive. You know, your Cuphead and stuff. You know, being able to be played on different consoles. Like hell, the Switch is getting the, the Switch is getting you know, uh, you know, console ports of Xbox exclusives onto the Switch, and you. And, and, and you know, and, and it's, it's kind of you know, it's kind of crazy that Microsoft, of all people, is really teaming up with Switch, you know, on the on these things from from, from cross, uh, you know, from cross play, uh, you know, online gaming to to even letting freaking uh, Banjo Kazooie and Smash. Now that it's not just a whole big announcement, you know, for Smash as as a game, but it's also a new mark uh, on the video game industry as a whole. Because Banjo Kazooie and Smash represents, you know, a, a, a true, truly a different era, you know, of the industry, where you know, these companies, I mean, they're still competing against each other. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But there's, there's a new sign, there's a new sign of like, I don't, I like some sort of a unity, like working togetherness. You know, like, because uh, Xbox, you know, they're they're slowly trying to change, uh, you know, how they do things. You know, they're, I mean, I think they're still making consoles, you know, at, you know, for the time being. But there's gonna, be, but they're also, you know, changing things up. And I think this decade, you know, we're really gonna see that change. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Scarlet ends up being like their last actual console, and they start becoming more, you know, of of an online digital thing, or becoming more of a of a publisher like Sega did. You know, not necessarily because they're like failing in the business or whatnot, or at least not from what I'm seeing. Uh, but from, let's see, but from uh, from another point of view, no, because the whole the the whole like I don't want to say industry, the whole uh, landscape of you know how we consume media is changing. Like, you know, we're we're starting off this decade, you know, like really almost entirely on streaming services and stuff, you know, entirely online, you know, entirely, you know, on demand, almost, or at least, yeah, almost entirely on demand, you know, back, back in the last decade, you know, actually back in the 2000s, uh, you know, yeah, I start off there, the 2000s, you know, we, 
Now, the thing was, you know, it started off with the whole VHS versus DVD, you know, thing going on there. And, you know, it was all uh, physical media. And, and then by the end of that decade, you know, you had the whole Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had Blu-ray coming in, you know, because by that time, DVD already had... Yeah, DVD had already done, uh, took an over, you know, the sales that VHS once had. But now they had a new competitor, which was HD DVD and Blu-ray, in which Blu-ray ended up... Uh, well, they took over HD DVD, but... And, and now Blu-ray is the new standard for HD DVDs, but the thing is, though, DVD still exists. Now, that's a whole different topic I'll, uh, I'll discuss later. But, I mean, the thing is... But by the end of the 2010s, that's whenever a different kind of, uh, you know, form of media started coming into play. And, and that's streaming services. You know, you got you got your Netflix, you got your uh, Disney Plus, you know, you got your Hulu, your Pureflix, your, uh, you know, your PlayStation Now, and your, uh, and your Xbox Game Pass, you know, and even Nintendo Online. You got all these different streaming services. Even for music, you know, with Spotify and Pandora, you know, th- things are being streamed now. It's more convenient, you know, you have, er- you have literally everything all in one place. I mean, well, I mean, except when you really think about it, I mean, shoot, there are a lot of movies that you can only get from, like, Netflix or Disney Plus, and you have to keep switching between the two, but that's a different thing. Uh, that's a different story, but thing is the whole idea is you get all this stuff in, in a singular place and well it's it's yeah, that's the thing it's more convenient it's more accessible and with the prices that they offer you know for their service you know it's not really much in comparison to uh you know buying and it's a buying all the stuff yourself and it's and it's even gotten to the gaming industry again with the whole game pass and playstation now thing and the nintendo online uh, except with the Nintendo Online, you know, it's kind of, I'm seeing it's trying to replace the whole, uh, virtual console thing by, by, uh, by making you subscribe to a service, which not only allows you to play online, but it also allows you to play, you know, these classic games. Now, not, albeit not all of them, but, you know, a def a, a growing selection, uh, a growing selection of, uh, you know, classic NES and SNES titles, and I'm, I think eventually, you know, I, I think, yeah, eventually they might add, you know, N64 and GameCube games and possibly even Wii games. That, that would be freaking dope as hell. But, uh, hell, it, all, it would also be dope if they freaking added some Wii U games. Hell. Mm, so, anyways. Streaming services. Now, you, you see, you know, it's true, even Xbox. Yeah, Xbox, definitely, they're, uh, you know, they're releasing the more... Oh, God, I need a burp again. But I can't burp. There we go. Yeah, so definitely with Xbox, they're releasing their, uh, you know, their games onto like tablets and stuff. You know, they're 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 making their games more accessible to play, even if you're not on an Xbox. Like, like, uh, but basically, you know, if if you watch Xbox's moves and how they're doing things, essentially, you know, it's like it's almost like they're not so much caring about how like whether you buy their console or not. They're more so caring about, you know, they they, they like. They, they just want you to play their games. You know, that, that, that's just the main focus. And really, that's the main focus of any game uh, company. You know, more so than buying their console. I mean, the console is kind of like, you know, the whole reason why you can play your games. But when you're doing what Xbox does and you're releasing your games on all these different platforms and stuff, that's the thing. You know, you want people to play your games. You know, because that really makes the most money. I mean, sure, people might spend, like, drop 600 bucks, you know, for a console once. But then what... But then, like, your really your money comes from, you know, 
you know, the, all the games that you release with that console, and, and as well as charging on the play online. But really, though, when it comes down to it, people buy consoles for the games. I mean, that's the reason why I own all these different retro consoles, you know, because, you know, there's all these different games I want to play on them. And, and, and seeing and see what Xbox is doing by releasing their games on all these different platforms, you know, that they're, they're getting to the point. They're cutting to the chase. Hey, you know, you, you want to play the the, the latest, uh, you know, I mean, not the latest. You, you want to play Cuphead, you know, go, go ahead, you know, download it, download it here or play it on the Switch or you can play it on the Xbox. We don't care. We just want you to play it. And I think, I mean, after this last console, if it ends up being their last console, they probably might just become entirely uh, digital or, so, or something like that. Um, I mean, you never know. I mean, this new decade is bringing on new possibilities, even if a freaking Chinese thing is going on. But anyways, <clears throat> godly, cause, cause, and, and I'm excited to see, you know, see what they do. And I'm also excited for the possibility of a new Banjo-Kazooie game, because here's the thing. Like I hadn't, I like I. I mean, I do plan on eventually getting the uh, the the uh, like either the Xbox One or the newer Xbox. But the thing is, though, like if they re if they revealed a brand new Banjo Kazooie game, my like my heart would jump out and I would immediately go buy a freaking Xbox right now at the second, or even if I had to pre-order one, I would do it right at the second, just so I can play the latest sequel to my favorite game franchise. My freaking god. Shoot, I mean, because here's the thing, Banjo-Kazooie's relevance, I mean, they kind of lost relevancy after Banjo-Tooie back in 2000 because, well, the deal was, was that, you know, after the N64 era, uh, Microsoft bought Rare and, and freaking, they pulled a Disney on us by saying, oh, you want a Banjo-3, well, we're not gonna make that, you know, that, that, that's not happening, we're just gonna, we're, we're, we're just gonna make Rare, uh, make Sea of Thieves and, whatever other game we can we can make him create you know it's i mean that's uh whatever you I mean treat your treat your uh bot company you know however you want but damn like i mean i can't believe what that what they did to us with the whole banjo kazooie then again if microsoft didn't buy rare uh the rare probably would have released banjo 3 on the on the gamekeep or something but shoot but but anyways, like uh, the the relevancy. So I you know after Banjo Three, you know, there's uh they had one other game which I hear mixed reviews about, and it's and it's kind of the reason why I want to buy James's Xbox, uh, three sixty because you know I because I, I want to you know first of all have the console to be able to play it on, but then I want to buy the game it's you know itself and then, you know play for myself because half the people say you know it's a bad game and then other people say if you look at it as a Banjo Kazooie sequel. Yeah, you're gonna see it as a bad game. But if you see it as, you know, for what it is, a different game, except they use Banjo Kazooie as the actual theme of it, then you, you might actually find yourself having a good time. It, it, it's just that, you know, they're using, you know, characters from this specific franchise, you know, to kind of embody it in. But then, you know, after after that, you know, definitely nobody's even talked about Banjo Kazooie, you know, after 2008. And, and but then you know, and the only times that really people would ever mention Banjo Kazooie is in the Smash boards because because you know, because uh, uh, you know with Smash history, uh, Banjo Kazooie was actually one of the first uh, characters that uh, Sakurai, the creator of Smash, really wanted to add in the game, and 
you know, and not being, well, first of all, just not putting him in the game just for whatever, whatever, at the time, it, it, it really gave us, you know, this idea like, hey, you know, what if they were in the game? I mean, shoot, they, they are like I, big icons when it comes to the whole uh, Nintendo 64 era. So, you know, why, why not, you know, add them in? You know, they definitely, you know, earned their spot, you know, even if they weren't exactly Nintendo characters, but shoot like i mean they're they're definitely like iconic enough or at least for the time being and then but then people but then as different uh, or as more you know uh, smash bro smash bros sequels came on the the it became more obvious that you know e even if banjo kazooie weren't exactly relevant you know they still wanted them in the game because i mean because aside from being you know very iconic you know duo from uh, you know from the from the N64 era, they're they're also like you know their games are genuinely fun, and there's so many things you could possibly do with them. And knowing the fact that Sakurai originally wanted them in, it really just boggles people's minds. Like it it, really, it it drives them nuts that they're not in the game in any way, shape, or form. And then when they introduced DLC back in the back in the Wii U games, like God, like that that really made everyone crazy because then they became more of a possibility. But then, you know, we never actually got them in the Wii U and 3DS versions, so that that, that really sucked. And, shoot, that, that really made me sad. Hell, but, and, and, and then you had Smash Ultimate. Bringing back every single character, and, and, and plus more. And then the, when it was revealed that they were having DLC for that, everybody got excited again. And seeing, because at that same time, Microsoft was doing all that partnership stuff with Nintendo... God, like it became even more apparent, or not apparent. It became more uh, the, the the chances of Banjo Kazooie actually being in Smash really, really freaking grew. And eventually they did as the third DLC character. And my God, I freaking loved it. Like at that time, it was a perfect time too, because I was actually playing, replaying the game. Because I just bought a Nintendo 64, and freaking when I saw the reveal trailer, when I saw that puzzle piece fly by on the screen, my God, I I was, it was a very surreal moment. I thought I was just dreaming. I thought I was like just tripping, but man, it was amazing. It it was a beautiful. Just beautiful sight to see, and I am so glad that I saw that live with my own eyes. God, it was, it, it, you know, it, it, it was amazing, and, and and now that Banjo Kazooie is you know relevant again, or at least in this way, I, I you know I'm here over here thinking. I mean, if if Microsoft wants to keep you know partnering up with Nintendo on these kind of things. Shoot, like, I mean, why not? I mean, I, sure, you may have may not have the original team no, in, anymore, but you could still, you know, get people together and why not make a Banjo, you know, because why not make a Banjo 3? You know, make, make a second sequel. Uh, shoot, like, the like Banjo 3 was teased at the end of Banjo 2, except it never came to be. So, I mean, shoot, even use that as a very excuse to make the game. But, God, like... And, and, and imagine this too. Imagine if they did make the game. It would, it would, it would. There's a big possibility that it would release for both Xbox One as well as Nintendo Switch, and that that would be ecstatic. But even if it, even if they made it and it didn't release the Switch, I, that that would, that game alone would be enough for me to buy an entire console. 
my god. And if you think I'm crazy for buying an entire console for just one game, hey, a lot of people do that for freaking Just Dance, you know, or freaking Smash Brothers, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not in the weird here, but shoot, like, wow. Wow. And, and still, nothing has happened yet, and I still haven't seen any news about it, but still, like, the freaking possibility is still there. And the, and the, and the underlying hype is also there, or at least from, from me it is. Like, my god. My god, do I love the series. And I, and I remember when I started playing the series. It was uh, back in 2009 or 10? Nah, it, it was a... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, 2010. 10 years ago, actually. So, uh, I, w I went to this garage sale. Like, like literally, the, the people that lived, that lived uh, right across the street from us, you know, they're... You know they they were about to move out, and you know upon upon doing that, you know they had a garage sale. You know I'm guessing just to try to you know, get rid of all the unnecessary stuff they had, and uh, you know just trying to clear out the house easier. They uh they they had they had a garage sale, and so I went over. I had a you know I got I had I had like maybe twenty dollars on me. Uh, shoot. So I you know, seeing that, and I love garage sales. Even today, I lo I love going to them. You know you never know what kind of stuff people have, and sometimes they may have some that's. No, actually very valuable, but they're probably only charging like 15 bucks for it. But shoot, like, you know, and again, it's just exciting to see what other people got that, you know, they're putting up for sale. And so, being an 11-year-old kid, you know, I, I, you know, I went across the street to the garage sale, and I started looking at things, and I, I saw this weird game console-looking thing, and I was like, wow, what is this? Shoot, and I saw the word Nintendo on it, I had no idea what the 64 meant, but I knew watching a freaking 90s TV show, uh, you know, a day prior, I, I knew that Nintendo 64 was some kind of an old gaming thing. So I'm like, oh, shoot. Oh, is this that freaking thing that they, they were talking about on that show? Oh, God, I, I got to see what this is about. And so freaking, uh, so I asked how, how, how much, uh, you know, the console was. Surprisingly, for the console, which was in good condition, freaking... I think maybe almost 30 games, four controllers, and a memory card. My God, all of that for just 15 bucks. My God, just thinking about that, all that for just 15 bucks. God, it, it was it, like I, I didn't think much of it at the time, but man, like, shoot, seeing that I bought my most recent uh, Nintendo 64 on Amazon for a freaking one like or for not yeah for like uh almost a hundred bucks and only came with one game and one controller and no memory card god like shoot like damn if i if i if, if i would have known like what i had and the value of it i definitely would have like you know i definitely would have not did what i did uh you know like a, a year or two later and freaking sold it to a place called movie galore now, don't get me wrong, it's not that I didn't like it, it's just that, like, at the time, I really wanted uh, an NES, and I thought, you know, the uh, and the only way, because for me being 11 years old, the only source of income I freaking had was, oh, like, let's go to, uh, you know, let's, let's go to freaking Movie Galore and sell my damn uh, N64 with everything, you know. God, it, it, you know, I, I still deeply regret it today. Even though I got my, even though I have a Nintendo 64 again, and I have all the games back, or almost all the games back, and I don't—I mean, I still only have one controller, but I only play one-player games, anyways. But that's not the point. 
even though I have all those things again, I, I still regret it because, man, because I didn't even get the NES. Freaking the NES they had there was freaking a, a, a display. Or, or not just a display, it was a game tester. My god. But anyways, you know, seeing that I got like maybe nine minutes left of this podcast, I'm going to try to cut a little more to the chase here. So, uh, for 15 bucks, I walked out of that garage sale with, you know, an Nintendo 64 and like 28 games and all these controllers and stuff. And so one of the games I got was Banjo-Kazooie. Now, I don't know what uh, led me to go play this game. Because, I, I mean, I definitely know what led me to play the original Super Smash Bros. Because I saw Mario and Pikachu on the same, uh, you know, art. And I was like, wait a second, what is this? A freaking... And so that Smash 64 was the first Smash I ever played. And my god, that was a great introduction to the freaking Smash series. And, and then so and, and then later, after freaking days upon days of playing this one game, you know, I decided, hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna check out these other games I have. And so, and pretty much, you know, this collect the, the collection of games these people had, like, they pretty much had all, like, the main games that you'd expect to find, you know, in a Normie's, uh, you know, N64 collection. Everything except for, like, any of the Zelda games or Mario 64. But they had Banjo-Kazooie. And, again, I don't know what compelled me to play this game, but I I, I don't know. I, it, it felt like something was, like, calling me to play the game. And so I put it in the console... I booted it up, and I was introduced to that freaking musical musical number at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the freaking title screen, and wow, wow, like I like I don't know, I, I was like I was mem- I was mesmerized by it at first because I was like wow, I, I like this, I, I really do, and I really like the design of the characters, I like the music, wow, let's see how the gameplay actually was, and oh my god, I could not put that game down, I freaking loved it. All like from the missions, from the you know, from it being the collectathon, from collecting all the freaking puzzle pieces, seeing all the enemies, using Mumbo's ma- Mumbo's magic to turn into different items. Like wow, that was it was really really freaking cool, and I still think it's really cool today. Shoot, but I mean, I, as a kid though, I never let's see, and being being you know very sucky at video games, I never actually uh, I, I I never actually completed a Benji Kazooie, nor did I actually get very far before I ended up selling the damn console. Uh, shoot, so but I mean, so here we are, like you know, ten years later. So I have the N64 again, and I've been playing the game. Uh, Again, you know, also, you know, I'm playing the game again, but this time more seriously. You know, I'm putting more time into it, and I'm actually, you know, I'm discovering all these worlds that I've never been to before, like the desert world, or the haunted house world, or even the uh, the freaking snow Christmas world. I'm like, wow, like, God, like, I, I can't believe I hadn't been to any of these any, any of these stages back uh, whenever I originally started playing the game, and shoot, like. God, like, and I still love the game. Like, I, shoot, but, except, you know, like, I have all these old nostalgic memories of the game mixed with all these new memories, you know, uh, of new enemies, new places, new music. Wow. Like, wow, there's always something new. There's always, for me, there's always something new in the game. And I, I freaking love it. God, like, and shoot, and even this year, like, because for the longest time, I could not decide what was my favorite game of all time. I mean, there's so many of them. There's Smash, there's Mario, there's GTA 5, there's 
uh, Assassin's Creed 3. There's Dr. Mario, freaking. But truly, I realized my favorite game was Banjo Kazooie. And hell, like I like I I'm still working on the game now. But shoo, like I am so excited. I, I love the game so much that I bought Banjo Tooie. It, it's it's in my collection right now. Uh, you know, but I, but I'm not gonna play it yet until until I beat this one. And I'm I I feel like I'm almost there. Shoot, I'm almost at the part where you know I freaking fight Gruntilda and they use the the freaking well what what, what what's the what's Banjo Kazooie's final smash like uh, the something nader the dragonator or something like that. Uh, let's see. Or the Ginginator. Yeah, the the Ginginator. Shoot. Yeah, like I I I'm I'm so excited to, to like to, you know to see to see what to see what happens next. You know, and, and, and again, I know I've I've talked about Banjo Kazooie quite a bit on this uh on this channel, but you know what though, I, I I can't help it. You know, it's it's my favorite game. It's my favorite game franchise. Oh, except I hadn't played all, all three games for it yet. Actually, well, technically it's more than three. There's still those uh, weird uh, Game Boy, uh, yeah, Game Boy games. Uh, you know that you know, yeah, those yeah those freaking Banjo Kazooie uh, Game Boy games. As a matter of fact, actually, now I think about it, I do have a GBA emulator on my uh, on my Wii, so maybe I can uh, I can go on later and I can try to see. If I have a, if I actually have the Magic Kazooie game on there, if I do, I will go ahead and give it a play. Shoot, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I would be and wouldn't be surprised if it was on there. I mean, seeing that the stuff I've already discovered on there already, like, shoot, I had no idea I had JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, the video game, for the Super Nintendo on my freaking uh, SNES emulator on the Wii, and wow. I didn't. I, I would not have figured that I had that. Now, sadly, there is no PS1 emulator. So, but if there was, I probably would also have the PS1 game. But shoot, but that's a different thing. That, that, that's that's a different uh, topic for a different podcast. Shoot, sure is. And actually, funny thing is, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is my favorite anime. So here we go. I'm over here talking about favorites today. Uh, you know, for, for on that topic, my favorite color is green, my favorite number is eight, and my favorite food is crawfish, and my favorite state is Texas, and okay, okay, we're, we're, we're done with favorites here. Uh, let's see, so what do we got? Last three minutes of the podcast, uh, my voice is going hoarse, and I can't really think of anything else to talk about. Actually, what I originally wanted to talk about, uh, I actually never got to talk about. Uh, I, I think I'll save it for next podcast, because... Uh, you know, it, it, what I wanted, what I really wanted to talk about was actually more serious, and uh, and I was I was actually going to talk about it after like a brief, uh, yeah, like because I was what what I was uh, you know talking about with the whole like Nintendo thing at the beginning of the podcast. I was just planning on that being like a very brief thing, and then I get onto what I wanted to talk about tonight. But you know what though, you know plans change. I rambled on, I had the podcast happened, so I mean here we are. Uh, the last, you know, minute and a half. Uh, so, uh, so I'm just gonna give you a heads up. But I really wanted to talk about is kind of serious, but kind of. I mean, I mean, it's not too serious, but like you know, it's it, it's uh, you know, it's kind of like that you know reality check episode. You know, it, it's definitely a, the topic itself is definitely a lot more serious. But I mean, it's not it, it's nothing too like you know too big or anything like that. 
if you catch my drift. But uh you know that that's that's for next episode uh so thank you for making it this far thank you for listening to my podcast uh so there'll be more episodes released uh every day as this quarantine thing you know is going on and uh well uh have a good night this is asiago on the 3m thoughts signing off